Okay, here we are in uh, 2 Samuel as we continue on really in the series when a nation needs revival. Um, so it, the, the idea of from 1 to 2 Samuel just continues. So we're just going to keep going right into it, even with that same series title, When a Nation Needs Revival. So let's begin reading in verse number one. We're going we're gonna to look at the whole chapter, um, but we're not going to read the whole chapter. I'll just point out a few verses along the way. <clears throat> now it came to pass... After the death of Saul, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites and David had abode two days in Ziklag, it came to pass on the third day that behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent and earth upon his head. And so it was when he came to David that he fell, on the, fell to the earth and did obeisance and David said unto him, from whence comest thou? And he said, out of the camp of Israel am I escaped. And David said, how went the matter? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered, the, the people were fled, are fled from the battle. And many of the people also are fallen and dead. And Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead also. And David said unto him, said unto the young man, told him, how knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan, his son, be dead? And the young man said, and the young man that told him said, as I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his, what does it say next? Upon his spear. Saul leaned upon his spear. And lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And, and so he goes on basically to say, Saul was in a precarious place and, and he asked me to, finish him off, basically, assisted suicide, which, by the way, is never right. Euthanasia is not right. Our lives are in God's hands. This man said that I then thrust him through, and now I have Saul's crown and Saul's arm bracelet as proof of that. And the man really thought that David was going to reward him. Well, David said, how can you do this? You've laid your hand. I do want you to see these verses. Look at verse number 14. Uh, David said, how wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the what? Lord's anointed. David didn't forget, did he? The Lord's anointed. Saul, the Lord's anointed. Look at verse number 16. David said unto him, thy blood be upon thy head for thy mouth hath testified against thee saying, I've slain what? The Lord's anointed. There it is again. Look at verse number 21. This is in David's... Um, uh, tribute to Saul. In fact, we probably need to read the entirety of that. Um, okay, let's, all right, sorry, I jumped ahead. Look at verse 18. He said, also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. It's written in the book of Jasher. And here, here is David's tribute. Now pay attention to this. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places, thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Three times he says, how are the mighty fallen? He's talking about Saul. He's talking about David. He's talking about Jonathan. How are the mighty fallen? And then he says this, tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon. We might say, don't put that on Facebook. Right? <laughs> don't spread this around. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. Lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Geboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for there 
The shield of the mighty is vilely cast away. The shield of Saul as though it had not been what? Anointed with oil. Three times David recognizes that. Verse 22 now. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back. And the what? Sword of Saul returned not empty. And Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives. And in their death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. You daughters of Jerusalem, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Friendship. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perish? What a tribute. What a tribute that David gave to Saul. I don't, I don't know how that's hitting you, but if you've been with us in the series and you know how Saul treated David, you might say David would have been very legitimate to have said, well, good, he got what he deserved, but he didn't because he was focused on the sword and not the spear. I want to preach to you about that here tonight. Here's the title, Appreciating the Sword Rather Than Avenging the Spear. Appreciating the sword rather than avenging the spear. Taking the high road when others are brought low. Taking the high road. Would you think about that with me here tonight? You might say, Brother Gaddis, it's already seven o'clock. Doesn't matter. Think about this with me here tonight. Amen. Think about this here with me tonight, because sometime you're going to need to take the high road even when you've been mistreated by somebody. David took the high road when others were brought low, and I think it'll be a help to us here tonight. So God, one more time, I pray for your help and your blessings upon this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. During our recent uh, trip, Angie and I got to take this summer, we got to tour uh, the USS Missouri, the Mighty Mo, uh, really the last of its kind in terms of a warship, the Mighty Mo. It was amazing to be on there. And of course, it's where, I mean, that monumental instance took place, the unconditional surrender of, of Japan and the signing of that document. I mean, we got to stand right there where that sign, which really changed the world. You know, that moment, if you under, understand the nature of that history. And, and so I was a little bit familiar with that, got a little bit more familiar with it. But one, one story that I learned while I was there that I had not heard, maybe I had, um, was, about, was, was about this. And, and um, it was on the afternoon of April the 11th, 1945, and tensions were high in World War II. And, and this was at the Battle of Okinawa. And, and a, a kamikaze pilot was coming in at the Mighty Mo. In fact, there's a... There's a classic picture of, of, of this plane making its, making its deadly descent towards the mighty Missouri. And, and I mean, it's caught right before he made impact. Well, the, the pilot, 19-year-old, uh, came in and, and somehow even his, uh, the, the bomb that he had had deployed too early. And, but he, he slammed into the USS Missouri. And so there's actually still like a dent 
you know, a, about an eight foot dent in the, in the, in the mighty Mo that you can see where that kamikaze pilot came in. Just a little, if he'd been just a little bit higher, it would have been great damage, but he just hit the side and there's still a dent there. The wreckage was all, you know, in debris and, and they were cleaning off the deck and the body of that young man was there and, and the soldiers, these seamen and others were, were just minded just to wash it off. But, but here's what Captain uh, Callahan, if I have the name right in my mind, you can check it out later, but I'm pretty sure it's Captain Callahan. He called on those men to stop what they were doing. Those, I think maybe at that time there were Marines that were there and they gave that man military honor burial at sea. They constructed a flag, the Japan flag, wrapped his body in it. And you can still see the, the six steps, the footprints where these men cast his body to sea with honors. You understand? They played taps and uh, gave a gun salute. Captain Callahan understood that his men would, would struggle with that. Here was the enemy. But here's what he did. He honored someone who was even trying to hurt them. It's quite an amazing story. There's much more to it than that. But I was touched by that story. You know, and he knew his men would struggle, but, but he said, listen, this man died for his country, just like many of ours have died for their country. And he honored him. He said, I don't know that I agree with that. Well, you might struggle with what David did about Saul. Because Saul sent, was minded to hurt David. He chased him down like an animal. For over 10 years, Saul had hunted David and mistreated David, sought to murder David. Isn't that right? Sought to murder David, took the spear and, and it cast it at David, not once, but twice and missed two times, cast the same javelin, the same spear at Jonathan, his own son. I mean, Saul was a wild man, like a kamikaze pilot, we might say. You follow what I'm saying? And yet when it came to Saul's death, David said, I'm going to honor him. What do you think of that? Someone who has sought to do you harm. You know, if you live long enough, you'll be at the end of somebody's spear. Most likely. Isn't that right? If you live long enough, if you're involved in ministry long enough, if you're teaching Sunday school long enough, if you've worked a bus ministry long enough, um, if you've cared about people long enough, you've been in a family long enough. Okay, you've been alive long enough. You're going to be at the end of somebody's spirit at some point. How are you going to treat that person? I think there's a lot for us to learn right here from David. It's amazing to me how David responded. You got two accounts of the death of Saul. You got the last part of chapter 31 where God through the narrator is telling what actually happened. And then you have the Amalekite who said, I killed him. Well, chapter 31 said that Saul fell upon his own sword and committed suicide, which is true. Okay, so here's the choice. Are you going to believe what God said or this Amalekite? Okay, this Amalekite was lying. He came in with dust on his head. He came in with his clothes rent. Uh, Brother Sam, I listened to his message about this and he said he's trying to walk on both sides of the street at the same time. He's trying to say that he cared about Saul, but he also wanted to care about David. He thought that David maybe give him a reward. In fact, in chapter number four, if you check it out, David talks about the affliction that came his way. By the way, David at this point is a 30-year-old, about to turn 30 years old. He, he, he's 30 when he became king. Here's a 30-year-old acting very maturely. 
And so here's, uh, here's David, and, and he's getting the news. He asks what happened to him. And, and of course, David didn't understand, didn't know exactly what had happened, that Saul had taken his own life and, and such. But this man said that he did that. You know, there, there's, there's a hole in the story right here, though. If, um, if this man really cared about Saul, why didn't he do something about the body of Saul rather than leaving it out there in the open? And evidently, he was somewhere close by, uh, close enough to see, you know, that Saul was dead and he took his crown and he took the armband that was there, the, the bracelet as it's referred to. And, and he was quick enough to get that and get away, but he didn't do anything about the body. That I think was a red flag to David. Something's not right about this man. Okay. So anyways, that's just a speculation perhaps, but, but, uh, David said, you've, you've said it yourself and you've touched the Lord's anointed. How many times did David have occasion at least twice, right? To take Saul's life and his own men said, you remember that when he was in the cave and his own men said, look, the Lord has delivered him into your hands. And, and in fact, uh, Abishai said, Hey, just give me one shot at, the, at him and I'll, I won't have to do it again. I'll take one shot and he'll be gone. And David said, I won't lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. I won't touch the Lord's anointed. I, I, won't, I won't endanger the Lord's anointed. And so, but it, now hang on, wait a minute. Isn't it ironic that this Amalekite brought the crown of Saul to David? Because Saul died on the mountain of Gilboa because so many years prior to that, about 40 years prior to that, Saul made the decision that he wasn't going to obey God and wipe out all the Malachites. He was going to keep some for himself. The irony, 40 years later, that now an Amalekite is delivering the crown to David. You can't miss that. That's, that's significant. That's ironic. And, and Saul should have taken care of them back then. But the story is here to, to manifest to us just the character of David that he did not take matters into his own hands. I believe people needed to know that in Israel, that yes, David was to be the next king, but David did not take the life of Saul, but he honored Saul. He respected Saul. He mourned the death of Saul because he still identified that Saul was the Lord's anointed. He recognized that. And, and I think it'd be safe to say it this way. David took the high road. He took the high road. He took the road of, of character. It would have been very easy for him to respond differently. But here's why, here's why David didn't do that. He wasn't focused on the spear. I thought it was very unique that this Amalekite said, I came upon Saul when Saul was leaning upon his spear. Evidently he had been, the Amalekite was proposing that Saul had been wounded and he's, he's leaning upon his spear. Uh, one man said Saul was very rarely without his spear. Saul was the kind of man that led with a spear rather than a shepherd's staff. Are, are you following what I'm saying right here? He, he, was, uh, he, got, he started out humble, but then he became very proud and, and controlling. And I, I just, I don't know. I wonder if when that Amalekite mentioned Saul's spear, or if David had a few flashbacks. <laughs> that was David ducking, in case you missed that. Saul's spear. Saul's spear. Yeah, he had it come at him twice. Had it come at his best friend, Jonathan, once. Saul's spear. Saul, the one who killed 85 priests in Nob. 
Saul, who had caused such disruption in the family of David. I mean, just think about for the last 10 years, he's been on the run. He hasn't had a normal family life and he's been hiding out. And, and, and David could be very, very bitter. And he would have been bitter had he focused on the spear. I said he could have been really bitter if he had focused on the spear. But David didn't focus on the spear. I heard Brother David Hetzer preach this. Man, it really helped me. And I just texted him this week and said, hey, thanks for preaching. You cut down my study time. But anyways, it was a real help. He said, you know, David, David focused on the bow. That's what he mentioned with, with uh, Jonathan, the bow of Jonathan and the sword of, of Saul. But he focused on the bow rather than the spear because in, in life, there are gonna be times when somebody disappoints you, when someone hurts you, when someone says something unkind to you, you got a choice right there. Either you're going to dwell and analyze the spear and you're going to try to avenge the spear or you could choose to focus on the sword. Is this making sense to anybody in here? You know, um, Southwest Baptist Church has been a, a church historically long before I came along during the days of Brother Sam, during the days of Bert Harrison. A church where people have come and actually healed. There's some folks in here that have some scars. Unfortunately, there are some pastors sometimes that get rather Mm, solish. Is that a real word? It is tonight. Some of you may have had a pastor or a quote unquote Christian leader that led with a spear rather than a shepherd's staff. You got some scars. You've been hurt. I, I've seen people here but I tell you, you've been here long enough. We've seen it. I've seen some people. There's some of you that are here tonight. You know what I like? The people that have come and have healed and have made it, they've not focused on the spear. It's not like they're walking around saying, hey, man, let me, let me show you. Look, look at this. You see how I was treated at that church? You see, you see what they did to me? I mean, this, this could be how you're treated as a, as a child. This could be how you're treated as an adult. This could be how a supervisor at work treats you. It's not just pastors. I'm just saying, you know, there's people here that are healing. But uh, I tell you who, who heals is not those who just keep picking at the wound. Are you listening to me? I want to try to help somebody make it here tonight because there's some of you maybe that are here and you, you're disappointed how things happen at another church or how things happen, maybe even in this church. No, no, no. Wait a minute. It's not just, it's not just other churches that hurt people. We don't do it intentionally. We don't do it intentionally, but somebody here could be hurt because somebody could, could uh, look down on you or say something that's been very hurtful. Maybe they didn't even intend to, but you could be very hurt. And if you're not careful, I'm just simply telling you here tonight, and I think it'll help us all if we keep this in mind, that you could focus on that spear and you'll never get over it. And I don't think 2 Samuel would read, read the same. You listen to me here tonight, young people. I don't think that 2 Samuel would read the same if David had been focused on the spear rather than on the sword and the bow. 
I think if he got focused on that spirit and how he'd been mistreated, I don't think that he would have been the kind of king that he was in the early years of his, of his reign. And, and I don't think God would have done all that he did through Saul, I mean, through David rather. I mean, listen, the, 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 the reign of David and the height of Israel is going to go to an incredible height. I mean, they're going to be doing some great and amazing things. He's going to make preparation for the temple. He's going to bring the ark back. He's going to have the songs, you know, that are going to be sung for many, many years. Oh, my soul. None of that would have happened had he been focused on the spear. You got a choice tonight. You can focus on the spear and show everybody how bad you've been hurt and post it in Escalon, Escalon and Gath. Oh, you could, you could tell everybody about it, how bad that preacher's been to you, how bad that that church has been to you, how bad that you were treated as, as a child. And I'm not minimizing any of that. I'm not even condoning. Are you listening to me? There's nothing here in this text that is condoning what Saul did. And, and David isn't overlooking that. He's just choosing to focus on some of the good days of Saul. You say, well, what if I can't focus on any good days? Then don't focus on any of those days at all. You're wasting your potential. Now, I'm not preaching anybody in particular right here tonight, but I'm just simply throwing this out here. You'll waste your potential if you keep focusing on that spear. You need to let that go. You need to let that be in the past. Don't hold that over your parents. Don't hold that over your grandparents. Don't hold that over that teacher, that preacher, that, that church. You need to just let that go. You're focused on the spear and it's not helping you. You need to focus on the sword, the sword of the Lord, for sure. Just focus on what God is doing. See, that's, that's really, as I studied this out, and I saw three different times that David said, I will not, you should not have touched the Lord's anointed, the Lord's anointed, the shield of the one that was anointed. He's focusing on this. In the midst of the chaos of my life, and even when I've been mistreated, come on, was David mistreated? Sure, he was mistreated. But here's what he focused on. Instead of the mistreatment, he was focused on this, God's good treatment. And that through it all, through it all, dear friend, that he knew that God was still in charge and that he wasn't supposed to take a spear and counteract. See, what, here's what happens. When you get the, hang on, <clears throat> when, you, when you get the spear treatment from somebody, you're tempted to take up the spear. You think, you're going to spear me? I'm going to spear you. You're going to say that? I'm going to say this. You're going to go there? I'm going to go here. Next thing you know, man, you've got a full-fledged fight going on between your family and their family and this family, and then it spreads and innocent people. I said, innocent people get hurt. Just like it did at Nob. And David could have focused on all of that, but instead he said, how are the mighty fallen? He's not being hypocritical. He's not being disingenuous. He's being very sincere. He was thankful to God for Saul. He was thankful to God for, for Jonathan. He even told the ladies, listen, you, I mean, this is very significant. This just shows you the character of a David that Saul was so selfish. Oh, my soul. Do we need to do some more preaching on Saul? Boy, I don't, th Saul, it, it, hang on, let me turn the tables here just a minute. Everybody still listen to me just a minute here? If the tables had been turned and it was David who had died, Saul would have said, hallelujah, finally. Well, that, that just shows his selfish spirit there. So you got a choice tonight. You're either going to be like Saul or you're going to be like David. And David was mistreated, but David didn't mistreat in, in return. Now, he had some low moments and he had some struggles. Come on, we're all going to do that. You're going to have some struggles with how you're treated there. But I'm just simply saying tonight, there's some people that now are here at Southwest. And I hope that this happens rather quickly, that if God's led you to this church family, and maybe you got some, some bad stories in the past, I love it. There's so many, so many individuals here that I can mention here tonight that, that I know some of their story, but it's not because they were saying, hey man, I was treated so bad. No, in fact, they won't hardly even talk about it. 
That's healthy. But some of you have been collecting spears and you've got a whole collection that you want to take them through like as a museum of your hurt. You're charging admission. You're posting it everywhere. Man, this guy speared me and that guy speared me and that and that and that. You know who you sound like? The guy that's leaning on a spear called Saul. Pretty simple message tonight and actually relatively short. But I'm telling you, I think there's a lot of people bitter in America and in churches across the land because you're focused on the spear rather than the sword. And you need to stop analyzing that spear and turning it over and over in your mind and replaying that scene over and over. Because you can't change the past. And, and again, I hope this is coming across right. I'm not saying that anything that Saul did was right. I'm not saying anything that your abusive dad did was right or that abusive pastor or that abusive whatever it is. I'm not saying anything of that is right. I'm just simply saying this. You've got a choice of either focusing on the spear or focusing on the sovereignty of God who's at work in your life and God even allowed and used all that was going on in David's life to prepare him for the throne. And what a mature 30-year-old who stood there and said, Jonathan was a good friend to me. And by the way, don't think that he's in any wise saying that his love, that there's some kind of inappropriate relationship with, with Jonathan. That is so wicked and vile. That's not what David's saying at all. David's just simply saying this. My own wife wasn't faithful to me. Michael? But Jonathan was faithful. Her brother, his love surpassed the love of women. In other words, it wasn't sexual in its content, but it was rather this loyalty. See, David chose to focus on the loyalty rather than on the disloyalty, even of a Saul. You say, man, he gave him a lot of grace. Well, he was a recipient of a lot of grace. So which will you focus on, the spear or the sword? I thank God tonight that there are five widow ladies whose husbands were brutally killed at the end of a spear by the Alka Indians. Instead of becoming bitter and upset, they went and lived among them, some of them did, and they saw Menkaye saved and others <laughs> because at the end of the spear was a missionary that came to tell them love. And yet they didn't get bitter. Elizabeth Elliot and others went and lived with them, led them to Christ. They focused on the sword, not on the spear. You get it? Yeah. Let's stand together here tonight. <clears throat> on which will you focus tonight? A little bit of a different message, right? I get it. I get it. But it might, right be, it might be right where someone is here tonight. You've been hurt in the past. <clears throat> But don't you waste your future by focusing on the hurt of the past. Just get past that with God's help. 
because God's got a bright future for you. He did for David. Father, thank you that David chose to emphasize the sword and the bow, the victory in battle, and did not even mention the way that Saul had been so malicious and mean-spirited. I thank you for that, dear God. My, what an example to follow. God, help us tonight, Lord, where there's been any kind of hurt or mistreatment. God, would you help us in our choices, Lord? We can choose to focus on what we will, but Lord, help us tonight to focus on you like David did and your work in his life, dear Lord, I pray in Jesus' name.